We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to Cash Considerations, a Chicago Bulls podcast. I'm Ricky O'Donnell. I'm here with Jason Pat. As Jim Boylan likes to say, we both have awesome souls. He went to that well again when describing Daniel Gafford and Kobe White uh, during the Bulls' introductory press conference last week. And uh, I think that, you know, Boylan, he's growing on me. He's got a little bit of charm Uh to him. I just can't help but think that he's like the perfect Chicago coach. Like, in the the model of Mike Dick... uh, and Joel Quinville and all the tough guys with mustaches who came before him. Really, Jim Boylan just needs a mustache. <laughs> he he really does. Just especially the bald head, bald head mustache. That'd be a, it'd be a yeah. Basically, just the the old meatball coach. I mean, I I did kind of say that like uh, when they gave him the extension. Like he's like the perfect guy for this for this front office for the for the city. I guess with the whole meatball mantra. And yeah, the I like I really right right as the press conference was starting. I tweeted like how over under like uh, 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 spirit references from Boylan, and literally like the first thing he says is that Kobe White has a great soul and a great spirit. And I was like, yes, not, not letting me down. Uh, wow, that's a quite the tone ch- tone change from you. It goes from never coach again to now I'm t- coming around to Jim Boylan. What's going on here? Well, no, I just think he's funny. Like, I think that you know the the comedic value that he brings is is wonderful. And I will say, I listened to that press conference uh, before we started recording this episode. I did agree with a lot of the stuff he said. He just kind of has a funny way about doing it. Uh, I liked what he said about Kobe White before he went into the soul and the spirit, saying that you know he gives us good positional size. We can play him on or off the ball. He says that when when you know our job is to get the rest of the team to run with Kobe. So I, I did like all of that. Uh, of course, he starts this press conference, Boylan does, by just totally praising Paxson immediately. Like, they, Paxson asked him to talk about Kobe, and he's like, first of all, I just really love working with John Paxson. So uh, that made me roll my eyes a little bit. But, uh, I mean, you know, w- we'll see what happens this upcoming year. NBA coaches we know are, like, pretty replaceable. So uh, I don't think for- firing Boylan uh, a year or two from now is going to be that big of a deal. But... Uh, yeah, we, we got a lot of stuff to talk about on this podcast today, Jason. Mostly free agency, which starts July 1st. June, 1st, June, 30th, June 30th now. now. Uh, 6 p.m. Uh, so, yeah, I've got a list of guys that I want the Bulls to sign. You, Why don't you first give the listeners a picture of the Bulls' salary cap, uh, you know, amount of salary cap space with where they're at heading into free agency. Yes. 
So right now the Bulls have, uh, according to the salary sheets at Basketball Insiders, that's usually where I go for all of my payroll salary stuff. Uh, they have like eighty-one million guaranteed, and uh, based on all the reports out there, I I always use. Oh, there's, there's so many great guys out there as well that just do great work with salary cap calculating cap space. I believe they have right now around twenty million. We did find out. Uh, some other news during that press conference yesterday or right after uh, that the Bulls will be giving Ryan Archdiacono his qualifying offer. That's worth $1.8 million. They will not be giving Wayne Selden Jr. his. His was worth $1.9. So Arch will become a restricted free agent. Wayne Selden will be an unrestricted free agent. So, yeah, about $20 million in cap space right now. They're, they, they could add a bit more. Omer Sheik, I, I, I have not seen reported anywhere uh, that the, the whole thing with the um, – with his uh, health situation, it was reported a while ago that the Bulls had uh, asked the league to get his $3 million wiped off the books because of like career-ending injury, career-threatening injury, whatever. I don't think I've seen it. Like I said, I don't think I've seen it reported that that is going to happen, but I feel like it's been kind of assumed. So they can add up to like – I'm not sure if they would add – he has $3 million on the books right now when he was waived. I don't know if that would actually add $3 million or if it would be like two-point-something because – if, I'm not sure if he's holding up like a roster spot, roster charge, all the, all that salary cap minutia stuff. Either way, it's around 20 million right now. Could get up to like 20, 22, 23. Uh, and yeah, I guess just a quick look at the Bulls roster and their free agents. The biggest free agent they have right now is Robin Lopez. Robin Lopez had a really nice season last year. They Jim Boylan loved pounding the paint with him. Solid defender, steady veteran, all around. Funny, funny guy with all his commercials. What do you, th- do you think the Bulls? Do you think they'll think about bring trying to bring back Robin Lopez? I don't think they're gonna probably want to use that much cap space to sign him. I thought maybe try to bring him back on the room exception, which is worth like I think four point seven, four point eight million for I think two years max. I'm honestly not totally sure what his market will be, considering he is I think thirty years old and he is kind of and in this NBA, he's not quite – he's kind of out, out, out outdated centered since he's kind of a slow, lumbering guy. But, I mean, we did see him be productive last year. He was a steady presence for the Bulls after kind of a sluggish start. What do you, what do you think? Would you bring back Rolo? Would you kind of, Would you look somewhere else in the free agent market? They do have D- Gafford now in the front court as well. They still have Felicia. What, do you, what are your thoughts there about Rolo? Yeah, just going through sort of the Bulls' depth chart, for next year, let's let's start there because to me, there's ten guys who are definitely going to be in the rotation next year, heading into free agency. At point guard, we got Kobe White and Chris Dunn. At shooting guard, we got Zach Levine and Denzel Valentine. At small forward, we got uh, Otto Porter and Chandler Hutchinson. At power forward, we got Markinen. and then at center, we got Wendell Carter Jr., Daniel Gafford. Cristiano Felicio. Obviously, they could try to move Felicio in a trade. They could have Gafford spend the majority of his season at the G League level. Uh, I would like Archie Diacono back. He would be the 11th guy uh, if this is possible. And then, you know, the Bulls are heading into free agency with around $20 million in cap space. So to me, I don't think it makes a lot of sense to sign him to a contract that exceeds the minimum by very much or that's more than like two years. So to me, you know, the Bulls have that solid 10 guys, 11 guys uh, who you're going to want in the rotation. They don't really have a backup power forward right now. Obviously, they could play Hutchison at some of those minutes. So I would try to sign either a combo forward uh, or a guy who could play 4-5. So uh, Robin Lopez, you know, if you get him for the minimum, I would bring him back, I guess. But I would prefer Taj Gibson. And Taj Gibson's one of the names... Uh, on my Bulls wish list. Uh, How do you feel about this, Jason? Would you be open to Taj Gibson coming back? Because uh, to me, I I would just love that. 
Uh, yeah, he was. I wrote. I did a free agent preview for Forbes that published today. And Taj, I mentioned Taj as one of the first guys because they do need front court depth. I, I think it would be nice to have a little shooting in the front court. Taj has extended his range out a bit, so I think that would help. I mean, Taj is beloved in Chicago, veteran presence. We know just he's an all around good guy, hard worker. It's not he might not be what he once was, but as a veteran guy, if you're going to replace Robin Lopez with Taj Gibson. I'd be all for it. And I feel like he might be a guy. I, I'm, I'm, what do you think? Like, again, his, he'll cost. Like, I think he'll be more than the minimum. Maybe I, he's another guy. I feel like a possible room exception candidate. I said the Bulls do have this cap space. We'll see how they use a lot of it. I feel like they're going to try to use more of it maybe on another wing or at least a point guard. Or maybe they would use some of the caps to send a big man. But I, yeah, I'm all for Taj Gibson coming back. Absolutely. Yeah. So that's part of my plan. Uh, going into free agency, Taj Gibson is one of the names. And just as like a general overview, obviously there's been a lot of talk about the Bulls signing Patrick Beverly. I love Patrick Beverly. He's one of my favorite players in the NBA. If the Bulls could get him for a short-term deal with higher uh, annual salary, I think that they would have to seriously consider that. But to me, the Bulls' main thing should be, you know, you basically have one young guy to develop at every position. You still have Hutchison and Valentine in addition to that. Uh, you still have Chris Dunn. You still got Gafford. So I'm not spending a bunch of money on anyone who goes past two years in terms of a contract. What I want from the Bulls is just to upgrade the back end of their roster with some buy low guys who can give you some solid depth. Because, Jason, the last two years, the Bulls' depth, depth has been absolutely atrocious. Paul Zipser, Felicio, Antonio Blakeney, uh it goes on and on. I mean, Cameron Payne, like the, the back end of the roster has just been so, so bad uh, with the Bulls trying to take flyers on young guys they think they can develop. The Bulls cannot develop guys who don't immediately have star potential, in my opinion, because, you know, you could point at Jerry and Grant, any number of guys, the Bulls have failed at the end of their bench. So I want just some solid veterans to come back here and to help the young core that the Bulls have in place. Uh, because they don't really need to be spending, in my opinion, you know, a three-year, $35 million contract, even though they have that type of money, to get someone who ultimately is not going to be projected as a starter. So to me, I'm looking for buy low guys, get them on one or two-year deals, overpay a little bit if you have to, to make sure that the contract is shorter. Uh, Taj Gibson is one of the names on my list. I would take him for a two-year deal, around $4 million a year. Uh, I think he could, you know, provide backup five minutes. I think he'd provide veteran leadership. You can play him a little bit at the four if you need to. Uh, you know, him and marketing would work well together. Him and Carter, maybe if you let Carter space out a little bit, uh, could be something you could look at. So Taj Gibson, one of my names on my list. Uh, another guy who I saw you mentioned today who I like a bit is Jamichael Green. He's had a pretty good last few seasons for Memphis and for the Clippers last year. Uh, do you think he would be worth it to sign, Jason? I do. Like I, said, I mentioned him in this Forbes thing as well. Just solid stretch forward. I mean, the Clippers just had their depth was one of their big strengths uh, with with Jamichael Green, with Lou Williams, with uh, Montrez Har- Montrez Harrell. Uh, yeah. So last year, Jamichael Green, he he kind of came up and was big with the Grizzlies a few years ago, and he was and he split time with the Grizzlies. The Clippers acquired him from the Grizzlies last year. Uh, not flashy numbers, but last year between the two teams, he shot basically forty percent from three. Not huge volume though. But I mentioned before that I would like to have some shooting off the bench since they drafted Gafford and they have Felicio there. It would be nice to get a, 
a back a, a power of backup uh, big man who can shoot. And again, this is about forty percent from three between the Clippers and Memphis. He's career thirty seven percent from three and just under two attempts. So again, not huge volume, but like I just want a guy that you can come in, maybe make it three or two a game, and uh, at least be a threat out there. And again, uh, he averaged with the Clippers, he averaged. Uh, almost nine points, six rebounds, only twenty minutes twenty minutes per game. So that's pretty solid, like per uh, per minute stats. And like I said, solid shooting. I think that would be a really nice addition for the bench. And again, that's that's another guy that probably wouldn't cost that much. I feel like him and Taj would probably cost a similar amount. Uh, Joe Michael Green is 29, 29 years old, so he's basically in the middle of his prime. He's six nine, almost two thirty. I, th- I think it'd be a really solid addition for the bench. Now, to me, I don't know if he's going to want to come to this situation right. where right. he's in the prime of his career. Like the Bulls have two guys in front of him, obviously, Markinen and Carter. The Bulls aren't really going to compete for much next year. So I'm not really sure if, like, from his perspective, Chicago makes sense. Uh, he would probably come here if they paid him the most because he's right. also in a position to, like, take the most amount of money he can get. So while I do think he's an intriguing fit, I want to maybe hesitate on that a little bit. And I have another name who I think could play a similar role. And here's one guy I would like the Bulls to get. If they get him on a two-year deal, overpay him a little bit, uh, I would be into it as long as he's taking a short-term contract. But that's Daniel House, who I remember watching on Texas A&M, was a great college player. Uh, I believe he went undrafted. He uh, He's latched on over the last few years. With He started his career with Washington, then in Phoenix. Last year in Houston, he was really good. Daniel House, 6'7", 220 pounds, plays the three or the four, and he's just a straight-up gunner. Last season, he had a 65% true shooting percentage, which is absolutely phenomenal. He got up threes on 70% of his shots. He doesn't really play much defense. He doesn't pass at all. He had 40 assists in 40 games, basically. Uh, but what he does is shoot the hell out of the ball. He hit 42% of his threes last year. He's still pretty young, only 26 years old. So to me, Daniel House is a guy who just wants a contributing role in the league. He's not looking to be like a piece on a contending team. He's just looking for like a stable paycheck where he can make some money and have a consistent role. And I would sign him to a two-year deal to be a gunner off the bench. Uh, he's not going to give you too much defense or passing, but I really like his shooting. He's big enough to play the three or the four in small ball looks. So uh, Daniel House is one of the names I want. Played for Houston last year, 6'7", 220-pound small forward. I would get him, I don't know, maybe $4 million a year for him, two years, $8 million. Uh, if they could do that, I'd pull the trigger. I am curious if the Rockets will prioritize. I guess I just have no idea what the Rockets are even doing. Like, there's been the Chris Paul rumors that the that the whole team is basically like falling apart at the seams. Like, I feel like his situation was weird last year too. There were some contract issues there. I feel like the Rockets were just kind of being cheap with them. Uh, now he's again he's hitting free agency. Uh, so I'm curious if they're going to prioritize bringing him back. I, I mean, I wouldn't. I would certainly. I totally actually totally forgot about him as a possible option. Uh, I think that would probably be a decent move. I've, I mean, there are like a lot of smaller guys out there that the Bulls could really help. Uh, just for you mentioned the back end of the roster as well. Before before we get some of these other possible targets, I did want to bring up again the, the actual Bulls back end of the roster. And I, I mentioned Arch Diakono. You said you want to keep Arch between Ryan Arch Diakono and Shaq Harrison. I feel like they're going to probably have to choose between the two of them. Do you think that's right? Uh, like I said, Arch has a 1.8 million qualifying offer. We're shooting free agent. Shaq Harrison has a uh, 1.6 million non-guaranteed contract. Uh, it comes guaranteed. It doesn't guarantee until August, so they have some time. So, so I, I wonder if they're going to do something where like they'll see what kind of 
see what kind of offer sheet Arch might get. Like if I mean, you're not going to overpay him. Arch was really solid for what he was last year, but if someone gives him a nice offer sheet, like you can say goodbye and probably just guarantee Shaq's 1.6 million. So I wonder if they're going to move with the timing there. Maybe see what kind of happens with Arch. Maybe then decide what they're going to do with Shaq. I guess if you had to choose between the two, would you choose Arch? Do you think they have to choose between the two? Because we talk about how the Bulls' depth has been so bad. Like, do we want them using two roster spots on two clearly limited like backup point guards when they might add another point guard in free agency? They still have Chris Dunn. They have Kobe White. Yeah, I'm definitely taking Archie Diacono, no doubt. And I would maybe even start Archie Diacono next year. Oh, man. Uh, <laughs> the season because I think that he's just the best fit with Levine, Otto, Markkinen, and Carter. So Archie Diacono, I-, I would, again, take him. That's that's the third part of my free agent plan. So to recap, it's sign Taj Gibson, sign Daniel House, bring back Ryan Archie Diacono. Uh, if they were to do that, that would get him to 13 guys next year uh, if they're keeping uh Gafford on the roster so Archie Diakno one of the league leaders last year in assist to turnover rate he hits open threes he hit I think 44 percent of his three-pointers last year he's pretty bad defensively I think you know of course he initially grew comparisons to Heinrich when he first started getting minutes he made some hustle plays diving for the ball showing a lot of all-out effort but he's pretty brutal on defense but he's actually good on offense uh, so you subvert your expectations, maybe a little bit of what you expect from a guy in that role. But I really like his catch and shoot ability. He's a smart player. He doesn't screw up a lot, limits the turnovers, gets some assists. Uh, and really, he's basically just going to be like a spot up shooter on offense. He's not going to create too much, but you have Levine. You're going to hopefully try to let Lowry create a little bit. Uh, and then, you know, Otto Porter, they even let him try his turn at some isolations and pick and roll situations last year. Uh, when he came over. So I'd like to see him try to develop that part of his game as well. So I'd get Archie Diacono. Uh, and then, you know, if you add him with a point guard, you know, a contingent of Chris Dunn and Kobe White, I don't really think you need to spend big money on Patrick Beverly. I don't think you need to spend big money on someone like DeLon Wright, who I like a lot, and who I think would be a good fit next to Levine long-term. But he's basically like Chris Dunn, who knows, like with a better sense of self. You know, like he knows who he is as a player, and that's why he's more effective than Dunn. Uh, and I like DeLon Wright. I think he'd be a good fit. Another name I wanted to mention, but I'm probably passing on that, bringing back Archie Diacono, signing a wing like Daniel House, signing a big man like Taj Gibson, and then just going for it. Yeah, I'm kind of I'm kind of with you on the Arch thing. I know a lot of people have, have said in my mentions, like, oh, like Shaq, like he's such a good defender. Like he maybe he could turn an offensive player. I feel like Arch almost seems like he's like, almost kind of polarizing, even though he's like, just whatever I, the guy like he played really well like I, I i've mentioned this before like i've i like made fun of the guy when they signed him last year i was like this guy no way this is nba player and he ended up being all right i i feel like either way like i'm not gonna get mad if they choose arch if they choose jack harrison i feel like they should keep one of them and then just kind of whatever besides that I also you mentioned just like the, the uh and i guess another end of roster thing you, and you also mentioned blakeney as well he's got a guaranteed contract next year for 1.6 million I feel like they should just waive him. Like, I, they probably won't do it because it's just money down the drain. But I feel like they can absolutely use the ro- a roster spot better than Blakeney's one point six million, right? Yeah. So what do you get? Fifteen guys, and twelve of them can dress. I th- something like that. Yeah. So I mean, if they were to, you know, sign a big, sign a wing, and then bring back Archie Diacono, they would be at thirteen guys if you include Gafford and Felicio. So uh, I. I, I would waive Blakeney, I guess, but he is cheap, and you're just going to need someone to be like the 13th, 14th, and 15th men on the roster. 
Uh, I personally am not high on Blakeney because he's just a total gunner. I think he had more field goal attempts than total passes last year, not assists, passes. Uh, so I personally would likely cut him, especially because Kobe White kind of fills a similar role as that like scoring guard off the bench. Uh, and then I don't know what you do with the last couple slots on the active roster. I guess you go for some young guys, some undrafted uh, two-way type players to, to fill it out. Uh, yeah, and I guess, I guess the end. This also goes into it. Wayne Selden. I mentioned that they did not; they're not going to give him a qualifying offer, so he's unrestricted. Would you even think about bringing him back? I feel like at times he played well, and then I was looking at his numbers today. Like his numbers kind of, were kind of ass. Like his shooting percentages weren't any good. Like and it was like PR, not that PRs of thing was like was like eight. I feel like I don't know. Like I feel like let him test the market. If you need a back end roster spot for Wayne Selden, sure. Like you could absolutely do worse. It, the, the back end of your roster, but I feel like I'm totally fine with them not using the caps, not using whatever, like the 1.9 million of cap space with this qualifying offer and just kind of seeing how that plays out. Would you, I would assume you'd probably agree. I mean, there's really nothing that special about him. Yeah, I agree with you. And I just feel like they could get a better player in that yeah. roster spot. I would like David right. Nuaba, who, if you want to add a fourth guy to my free agency plan of uh, basically <laughs> just trying to boost the back end of the roster and not really worrying about making an impact signing in this free agency period, I think Nuaba would be awesome to bring back. Uh, he's not going to return to the Cavs. He would give you a defensive stopper. I think he would provide, uh, you know, some veteran leadership, could play the two or the three, uh, could defend at least three positions. So give me back Nawaba over bringing back someone like Selden. I totally forgot Nawaba was a thing. And after there was the whole, this kind of uproar last offseason about basically letting Nawaba go, who would have been very cheap. I think he signed with the Cavs for a minimum and then signing Jabari for 20 million when you probably could have just had both of them. You could have given Jabari like 18 million instead of 20 million, and you could have probably kept Nuaba for like two or three million. I'm not totally sure. I know he was looking for a multi year deal from the Bulls, and it just never worked out. And then they ended up, I think, renouncing his qualifying or pulling like his qualifying offer, just basically renouncing him and letting him go somewhere else. I, I, I'd be fine with that as well. Nuaba's, he plays hard. Uh, he would fit in with what Boylan's trying to do with his hard nosed culture and all that. So, yeah, sure, why not? I would, I would be fine with David Nwaba coming back. I feel like I just saw some people on Twitter talking about that. That'd be. It'd be kind of amusing. Uh, before we start, uh, before we talk about any other topics, uh, let's break for a brief word from our sponsors. Guys are terrible at taking care of their health. Whether it's a knee injury, bad back, or something worse, guys are usually more comfortable rubbing some dirt on it than seeing a doctor. The same is true for erectile dysfunction. Studies show 70% of guys who experience ED don't get treated for it. Thankfully, Roman created an easy way to chat with a doctor online. With Roman, you can get medical care for ED, if appropriate, from the comfort and privacy of your own home. You can handle everything online in a convenient, discreet manner. Getting started is simple. Just go go to GetRoman.com slash BlueWire and complete an online visit. If your doctor decides that treatment would be appropriate, they can prescribe genuine medication that, that can be delivered in discreet packaging right to your door with free two-day shipping. So guys, please go talk to the doctor. Erectile dysfunction can be tough to tackle, we know, but it's really important to get checked out. So with Roman, it's easy to connect with a doctor. Just go to GetRoman.com slash BlueWire to get a free online visit and free two-day shipping. That's GetRoman.com slash BlueWire for a free visit to get started. GetRoman.com slash BlueWire. And we got another announcement to make. Blue Wire's teaming up with Harry's to make sure our listeners are shaving comfortably. Go to harrys.com slash blue wire to save $10 on a value trial set, which includes 
a five-blade razor with a lubricating strip and a trimmer blade, a rich lathering shave gel, and a travel blade cover. You get all of that for just $3 shipped right to your door. Enough with the cheap razors, it's totally worth trying Harry's. Harry's has fixed shaving by combining a simple, clean design with quality and durable blades at a fair price. Harry's founders were tired of paying for razors that were overpriced and overdesigned. So they bought a world-class blade factory in Germany that's been making quality blades for over 95 years. So join the 10 million who have tried Harry's and claim your trial offer by going to harrys.com slash bluewire. All of Harry's blades come with a 100% quality guarantee. If you don't love your shave, let them know and they'll give you a full refund. So again, make sure you go to harrys.com slash bluewire to redeem your razor for just $3. All right, and we're back. Uh, so, I, Ricky, I know you said earlier on the, our first segment that you would not, you don't want to spend big money on guys. Like you mentioned, you don't want to pay big for Patrick Beverly. You want to go more short-term contracts, one or two-year deals. Uh, what and the free agency preview that I did do for Forbes, uh, they asked basically, "What is your best case scenario?" That for like the headline, it was like, "Who's like the best case scenario, like realistic big name you can target." I was debating between Patrick Beverly and Malcolm Brogdon. I ended up selling. I actually, I asked Twitter. A lot of people kind of came up with those names as well. I ended up going with Brogdon. And after thinking about it more, I kind of still think the Bulls should think about going after him, tossing him a big offer sheet. I know Bobby Marks of ESPN mentioned them before the draft uh, as the Bulls. As I don't know if he was actually reporting or just kind of bringing up them up as a team that could possibly go after him for like four years, $80 million. Uh, Malcolm Brogdon offer sheet from uh, to try to steal him away from the Bucks. I I honestly again I kind of would still think about doing it. I guess my process, thought process is this: he's basically entering in his prime, terrific two way player, great three point shooter. He just had a 50, 40, 90 season. He could be, start the season as the starting point guard, but then even at whatever you're grooming Kobe White for a bit, I feel like even after maybe you turn the reins over to Kobe White if you don't want to start him right away, then Brogdon could transition into basically your backup one and backup two. And then even if you wanted to keep Chris Dunn, like if you have a even for this season, if you're a four man guard rotation, then if you want to have Arch maybe as the fifth guard, is if it's Brogdon, Levine, uh, Chris Dunn, and Kobe White, like I feel like that's not too shabby. And and moving forward, I don't think like twenty million a year for Brogdon would be like anything too horrible. Again, I know he's had some uh, uh, injury problems in his career. He had a problem this year with his, he had a foot injury that caused him to miss some time before he came back in the playoffs, but. I just think he's such a solid player. He would really help just, against almost be like an Otto Porter Jr., stabilize the lineup. Uh, I know we, Kevin Pelton of ESPN released some, like th- I think it was like three-year projections for free agents this year. Brogdon was ninth on the list. Just, I think he's a solid player that would fit what the Bulls do, improve them on both ends, and I think he'd be fine taking any role, whether it's starter or or bench. I'm not totally sure what kind of contract will, the Bucks will not uh, match because the, I know the Bucks are going to run into some luxury tax problems. They got to bring back Middleton. They just gave Bledsoe an extension. They got to bring back Brooke Lopez. They did just trade our guy Tony Snell, the plus-minus god, uh, to the Pistons, staying in, staying in the division to kind of clear some of that burden, clear some more room for them to sign some of those guys. But I'm curious if if there really is a level where they where they would not match. So again, you've kind of hinted that you would not want to spend in big on anybody. Why would, I guess if, if you would still maybe think that with a guy like Brogdon or tell me why you wouldn't want to do that. Yeah, I think Brogdon is really good. You look at his numbers last year, 
uh, 61.5% true shooting percentage, averaged 15 points a game, shot the ball really well. Great touch on two-pointers. That's what shocked me from Brogdon. Took eight attempts per game from two-point range and hit 55%. Money from the foul line, 93%, best in the NBA. Uh, not a great facilitator. He's not someone who's going to like break you right. down off the dribble and create offense for others. He's more a guy who's going to play sound positional defense, shoot threes. He has some craft uh, in terms of his scoring touch inside the arc as well. So I really like Dunn, but or I'm sorry, I really like Brogdon. But giving him four years, eighty million, is not something I would do. I just don't think there's enough upside there uh, to warrant that type of contract. Like the next time the Bulls give out a twenty million dollar contract. If it isn't to re-sign, you know, Markman and Carter and those guys, I hope it's to get an actual star. So just remember that Zach Levine only signed for four years, 78 million. So you're going to be paying Brogdon in this scenario more than Levine. I just don't love that in terms of where the Bulls are at with, uh, you know, their spot in this rebuild. I would rather overpay Beverly for two years uh, and just to try to keep that short because one thing I keep coming back to right now is that, you know, looking at the Bulls depth chart, they do have some intriguing options for uh, a trade package. If, you know, the next time a superstar comes up on the market, I think Kobe White's yep. going to have a lot of trade value. Being super young, having good positional size and shooting ability. Who knows what Hutchison's going to do? Maybe he has some trade value. Markinen and Carter both have trade value. Levine probably does to a certain extent as well. So, uh, I think the Bulls are sort of sitting in a position right now where next time a superstar hits the market, they do have some assets uh, they can throw at a team. And I just don't love the idea of throwing star-level money at someone who I don't think is a star-level impact in Malcolm Brogdon. Really good player, uh, but four years, $80 million, I feel like that's just way too much money for him. I would rather bring back Archie Diacono uh, and just sign like low, low – like low risk free agent sort of instead of giving the full boat to Brogdon. I think that's totally fair. Uh, especially they have Porter's money on the books. I get it. You mentioned Levine. They're going to have to pay their young guys coming up in the next few years. Totally understand. I still think they should think about it just because I think he'd make them better and they need better players. They need to get, to, even if they need to get to a mediocre level first, I think Brogdon's even a guy you might be able to include in a trade package with that salary because I think he's good, but totally understand it. You might, we've mentioned Beverly a few times. I feel like we've mentioned him before. He's been one of the hot names out there. He's a Chicago guy, hard-nosed player, can shoot the three-pointer really well, good defensive player. Uh, but it sounds like he's going to be really pricey, possibly. Uh, I, I can't remember who it was. I don't know if it was Marks again or if it was Windward. I can't remember who it was. There was a tweet that was suggesting he his price might get up to like $14, 15000000 million a year, which I feel like is insane. Like I feel like the, the thing, the, the Beverly thing with like KD, this I think in the playoffs, like I feel like he's almost getting overrated because of how, what happened there. And like I said, really good player. I would I would consider, I guess, paying a ton of money for him on like a two year deal it's, or even a one year deal. Like uh, the, what is it, the Sixers a couple years ago gave JJ Redick like one year, $23 million. I'm not going to do that for Brogdon or for Beverly. I feel like the Bulls still could use some cap space on other guys. But uh, I mean, would you, would you be willing to give him like a, like a, I guess 14, 15 million over two years, uh, or would you rather just move on to somebody else? Yeah, I told you it's my prerogative to spread that money around to like three different players just to sure up yeah. the back end of the roster and to you know maintain cap flexibility moving forward. Just because uh, what the Bulls are really lacking in this rebuild is just a superstar, right? Now like, yeah. maybe Carter or Markinen develops into that. Who knows? Maybe Kobe White does, but. 
to me, I don't want to be giving out a ton of money long term until they get that type of guy. And Beverly's in a unique situation. He's about to turn 31. He really hasn't made that much money throughout the course of his career. He's only made 20 million, which is crazy in this era of basketball. I feel like he's one of the most under underpaid players of this generation. Uh, Beverly needs to take the most money. So, you know, I think that he's going to have a pretty big market. He's probably going to want to take a long term deal if he can get, I don't know, 15 million a year for three or four years. Like he's probably going to want a long-term deal because my guess is this is going to be the last time he's really going to have right. a fat salary. So uh, I I wouldn't give it to him to the Bulls. You know, if he wants to take two years, 24 million or something, I guess you think about it. But uh, in my opinion, it's better to just keep that salary space open uh, and make some moves just to share up the back end of the roster. But I love Patrick Beverly. So if they did it, I'd be super hyped up about it. Uh, it would be awesome to have yeah. someone like him. If they could bring him and Taj Gibson back, dude, the Bulls would actually be fun to root for with those two guys and a young core. Uh, that could be pretty cool, but I, I don't know. I think it's probably going to get too pricey unless the Bulls want to add a third year, which I don't really think is in their, uh, you know, is to their benefit. Yeah, I would agree. But he's had injury problems as well. He's had trouble sitting on the court. And uh, in the term uh, uh, regarding the long-term deal, Casey Johnson tweeted at me after I was tweeting about Beverly and the possibility of him getting like $14, $50 million a year. He even said that there's the talk around the league is that he's going to get a long-term deal. And as much as I would like, just the idea of Beverly is nice as just the hard-nosed Chicago guy. It'd be very easy to root for. Like If you're getting into the three-year, four-year range with him, I just don't think it makes sense. I'm with you on that one. Uh, moving on to some of the other point guard, like other point guard options, if they want to cho- go for another veteran point guard, uh, what do you think of names like? Okay, would you go for Ricky Rubio? I mean, there's like a, there's like a ton of guys out there. Ricky Rubio is one. Darren Collison, I, George Hill. I totally forgot about the Bucks. Are gonna have to waive him because he's got like one or two million guaranteed of like 18 million. So I, I'm sure they're gonna waive him and then probably try to bring him back. But I'm not totally sure what his market will be. I would think about maybe going after a guy like him. Uh, we've talked. We've said no Derrick Rose before. So I guess those the, those other three names and then uh, Corey Joseph is another guy as well, another Pacer. So you got. Ricky Rubio, Darren Collison, uh, Corey Joseph, George Hill. Out of those four, do you have would you have a preference out of them, or I guess if you would if you could rank them, how would you do it? So it doesn't make a lot of sense to sign one of those guys to me if you're bringing back Dunn. Like you might as well just let Dunn play, develop Kobe for a year, and then I mean Dunn as a top five pick at his age, like he's going to have more upside than any of those other guys. Granted, he's not as good of a player. Like I think Corey Joseph is a better player than Dunn, and if they were to move Dunn. Uh, which who knows? Maybe they will. Yeah, I guess. Would I guess? Would you prefer to keep Dunn and just roll with him and Kobe White, or would you rather them trade Dunn and actually sign a veteran? Uh, I think I'd prefer to just keep Chris Dunn. Like, why not keep him for one year, see what he does? Uh, I think that his defensive instincts will maybe help Kobe White become a better offensive player in practice. It'll be fun to watch those two guys who I know both are really competitive compete for the position. Uh, and, you know, maybe Dunn puts together a good year in, in his contract season. Contract year. Uh, yeah, so I, I would I would just let Chris Dunn have the year. You know, why not? Like, he probably has more upside than anyone else they could sign. Uh, and I just don't want to give out more than a two-year contract this offseason to anyone. So having Dunn on a one-year deal, I feel like, is the best-case scenario for the Bulls. And then you, you know, reassess next year. Maybe you sign a veteran free agent point guard next year. Maybe you draft a guy. There's a lot of point guards in 2020. My mock draft's coming out tomorrow uh, on Wednesday. So uh, you'll see that then. But 
Yeah, I'd keep Dunn. I think I'd feel just so much better at Dunn if he just wasn't starting games. It would be great, I guess, if Kobe could like I mean, we talk, they've talked a lot about already about them pushing each other and training camp and all that. We'll see if they actually do trade, trade him. I guess the problem with trading him at this point is just that you're probably not going to get shit back for him. So it's like, I don't, I don't want to just dump Chris Dunn for like nothing. Like if they needed the cap space to like make like a really good signing, maybe they would just dump him and maybe get a second round pick, but don't just dump him to dump him. I would agree with that. I feel like I would still prefer a veteran point guard and try to move Dunn or even just keep Dunn as like the backup two, I guess. You got Denzel Valentine there, but I don't think you could really count on him at all either. Uh, I just it would just be I would just feel so much better about Dunn if he was like a sixth, seventh man. Like I don't want to say like, I know the Marcus Smart comparisons have been brought about, but like, just basically like a sixth, seventh Marcus Smart esque role and just not a starter. It was like just watching him start and playing with this the rest of this young core just can be painful sometimes when his when his offense when he's not shooting three pointers when he's taking garbage shots. But if he's just coming off the bench and providing energy, like. I could I can dig that with Chris Dunn. That's kind of what I was thinking with the Brogdon thing. Like Brogdon could start, Chris Dunn could be just like a backup two behind Levine, Brogdon, and they could roll with that. But yeah, it'll be interesting to see what they do with Chris Dunn, just because they're they have just they while they've basically talked so much about how like we need a new point guard, we need a new point guard, and now they drafted their point guard. But then they, they in the same time they say, oh well, we haven't given up on Chris Dunn. We haven't given up on Chris Dunn. We want him to fight in training camp. It's just like. It's a, it just kind of a weird situation for him. And maybe that maybe we'll light a fire under his ass. I guess like he kind of it's basically like I would, I don't want to say his last shot, but like if he's bad this year, like maybe he'll get a chance like a on a really small contract next year and restricted free agency. I can't speak can't speak English here, but yeah, this is a big this will be a big season for him. So maybe we'll actually light a fire under his ass. We'll see. The problem with Chris Dunn is that he had a twenty percent usage rate last year and only a forty eight percent true shooting percentage. Yeah, that's, that's why I said at the top of this podcast that I would have Archie Diakno as the starter. He only had an eleven percent usage rate and he had a fifty nine percent true shooting percentage. So basically, I don't think you need a high usage player in the point guard role. In you know that's been Dunn's mo. Like when he is in the game, he wants to be the guy. Well, guess what, dude? If you're sharing the floor with Levine, Porter, Markin, and Carter, you're not going to be the guy. You're going to be the fifth option on offense. That's why I'm putting in someone who knows their role, like Archie Diacono, into that spot. Uh, you could play Dunn and Kobe White together off the bench, uh, in my opinion. So I would I would hold on to Dunn because he's going to be inexpensive in his final year. He's low risk. It being a one year deal, he's still young. Got some upside. Uh, like you said, maybe the fact that he's about to lose his spot to Ryan Archie Diakno does light a fire under him, but uh, that, that's what I would do. I think that that's a more prudent move than giving a veteran point guard uh, a longer term deal. Well, I wouldn't. I wouldn't give any veteran point. Like besides Brogdon, like I like if it's Beverly Rubio, Callison, Joseph, what, George Hill, I would only probably go one or two years. I don't know. Those guys maybe might be looking for more. I feel like. I would not give any of those guys three or four, th- four years. It just wouldn't make, make really much sense. Uh, I guess moving away from point guard, we, let's look to the wing. Um, one of the wings I really like that I've been talking about lately is Jeremy Lamb from the Hornets. Uh, the Hornets going to try to bring back Kemba. I know uh, today that they were talking about the Celtics and Mavericks going after him. We'll see if like the Knicks, Knicks or Lakers go after Kemba. Uh, but the Hornets, Mitch Kupchak literally said right after the draft that, even if we re-sign Kemba, we don't want to pay luxury tax. And I feel like they have a ton of terrible money on their books already. They're, Kemba might get a Supermax. If he doesn't get a Supermax, it's going to be close. Danger of going into the luxury tax. I feel like they're probably not going to keep Lamb unless they're able to shed a lot of salary. 
he was kind of a disappointment early in his career. Uh, what was he in Oklahoma City? I'm pulling up his numbers right now, his career numbers right now. Like I said, he was kind of dis- disappointment early in his career. He was with the Thunder to start his career, had like one decent season, kind of regressed. He's been with Charlotte for four years. This past season, put up f- 15 points a game, 15 points, five rebounds, two assists. Shot 35% from three. Not great, but that's around league average on pretty good volume. Uh, 27, 2018, he shot 37% from three on three attempts per game. Was at 13 points per game. I feel like the Bulls, right now the Bulls' wing depth is basically, it's just Levine and Porter starting. And then behind them you have Valentine, who is coming off a huge injury. You really can't rely on him. And then Chandler Hudson. Uh, obviously, you want to get him minutes since he's a young player. You invested a first-round pick in him, but he's still not very good yet. You could use some punch off the bench. I feel like Jeremy Land could be that guy. He was a starter with the Hornets, so I don't know if he would accept the bench role with on a rebuilding team like the Bulls, but I guess if you offered him enough money, maybe you give him a two, two-year deal. I know you said you don't want to give him any longer than two years, but how would you think about going after a guy like him to add some, some scoring punch off the bench for a shorter-term deal? Yeah, my friends make fun of me because I've always really liked Jeremy Lamb, and I always point out how young he is. Is he still like 27 now? Like he's, uh, he's, yeah, he's, he's I'm pretty sure he is. Still, yeah, 27. Yeah, so right into his prime, 6'5", 185, wing, shooting guard, smoke, could play by his, both wing, wing positions. Yeah, I really liked him coming out of the draft out of UConn. I thought that he'd be a better player than he ended up being, but he's still young. He still had a pretty good year last year. To me, it's like they have a guy at his spots. You know what I mean? Like they have Levine, they have Porter. So if he's only going to come in on a bench role, and you can give him a two-year deal. Like, yeah, I think Jeremy Lamb's pretty good, and he would just improve the overall talent level of the team. But that's why I identified someone like Daniel House. Uh, to, to me, like, his expectations would be more in line with what the Bulls have. Like, they already have Hutchison. They have Levine and Otto. Like, you just need a guy at the back end of the roster who's playable and who's not going to kill you when he gets on the court. House was super efficient last year in an offensive role, so... Uh, I would sign someone like that over someone like Jeremy Lamb just because you want to keep some flexibility on your books. And uh, one more name who I kind of like is a backcourt option. Please. If you want to talk about hedging the Denzel Valentine bet, how about Furkan Korkmaz, 21 years old, former first-round pick of the Sixers. Yeah, we just had that experience with uh, Lulu Alcabarro. Oh. But, but uh, he's so young, and he really improved his efficiency in his second year. His, his rookie year true shooting percentage was like 38%, and he got it up to 52 last year. 55, I think, is considered average. So uh, I would you know, maybe take a low-risk flyer on him, too. Uh, that is interesting. I, what did you say, say his numbers again? His two shooting percentage was 52%, but he's 21 years old this year. Like he's super young. He's got good size at six, seven. He can handle the ball a little bit. If you go to YouTube and type in Furkan Korkmaz dunk contest. Oh, I've seen that. He dressed up as Darth Vader uh, (laughs) for a dunk contest, which was super dope. So yeah, I, I would look to get him too. Uh, another name for you, Tomas Sadoransky that float in your boat at all. Yeah, I like him. But again, it's like, you know, if you could put him into a bench role two years, yeah, for sure. I would take that guy, no doubt, because he could play a little point. He could play the two. He just has like a diverse skill set on offense, which I think would give the Bulls like another guy who can actually pass and make Markin and Carter a little better. So 
uh yeah like in my ideal scenario you're not like paying anyone big money i don't know what he's gonna get is he gonna get like right. seven million a year or something I'm, I'm not sure because like i feel like he's kind of under the radar the wizards are fucking garbage but like he look at his numbers just really solid season like you said skilled he's got good size and he can play uh, he played point guard for for a time there i think when wall got hurt good shooter like I feel like that's definitely valuable and he might get a decent deal. And I assume the Wizards will just, I think he's a restricted free agent. I feel like the Wizards should just bring him back. But I mean, I, I think he's a guy who's at least interesting to look at. Do you have any, any other, any other names on your list that you would like to go after? Now my list is basically Archie Diakono, Daniel House, Taj Gibson, uh, maybe Nawaba and maybe Furkan Korkmaz. Those are my guys. And then if you want, you know, uh, a backup power forward, one more big man, uh, if you're going to put Gafford in the G League for most of the year, I, I would like Jamichael Green yeah. if uh, if he's available. For the uh, yeah, I feel like besides Todd Gibson, I feel like fans will absolutely hate your plan. But I feel like it it would be totally fine. I mean, fans expecting like anything big from this offseason shouldn't. Like I said, I think I would like Malcolm Brogdon, but I don't. They're not going to. They're not going to actually get Malcolm Brogdon. Like, come on, I feel like it's just not going to happen. And like, I feel like like Beverly, like if he's going to be priced out, like. I don't know. Like probably not. Sounds like that's not going to happen either. Like I feel like fans just need to like just get in their head. Like it's probably going to be a few role players. Like you said, I, I don't want to say fill out the end of the roster. Basically, just a few key role players that will play key minutes. Either maybe they'll bring in a, a veteran point guard and then some other bench guys. It's not going to be like a big offseason. They're not going to get some superstar player this offseason that's going to turn them around. Like it's going to be a process. They're going to have to. They have to. They have to take a step forward next year with this core as their main guys. Then maybe, like you said, maybe they get have a trade package with their with one of their with a with their core if somebody else becomes available. Like they're not going to get the superstar yet. Acquire that that guy this offseason. Like it's just not going to happen. Yeah, obviously. And you know, to me, it harkens back to the summer of 2016, which was when all these free agents were signing huge deals. The Bulls lauded themselves for saying, you know, we didn't give out any bad money long term contracts. And then at the end of that free agency period, they gave out the worst contract in Chicago sports history, which was giving Dwayne Wade $36 million for one year because he had a team end on the second year of that deal. It basically handcuffed the team into trading Jimmy Butler, who was on a wonderful contract below market value. They just should have totally stayed out of that offseason. Instead, they made a dumbass move, two dumbass moves at the end of the year to sign Dwayne Wade, which to me, just such a horrific signing, an F an F grade for that signing. Everyone knew it at the time. This isn't second guessing. This was first guessing when they made the move. So now can you learn from your mistake where you made a horrible, horrible lapse in judgment to give Dwayne Wade that much money? Like, don't worry about selling tickets. You want to sign someone to sell tickets, bring back Taj Gibson. Uh, You can blow Archie Diacono up into this, like, you know, blue-collar Chicago tough hero Bring him back. Who cares? Just don't make a panic move like, you know, signing D Rose to some ridiculous contract or bringing him back at all. I think just don't worry about what the quote unquote fans want because they're idiots. Like, <laughs> you know, they would be excited about, you know, lots of things that wouldn't have been beneficial for the team uh, long term. So to me, it's like, do what you actually said you were going to do in 2016 and don't give out any bad deals. Uh, <laughs> just play it play it safe this off season. And, you know, next time a star becomes available or next time there's a good free agent, you can actually spend the money when, uh, you know, the fit is right. To be fair, we're also idiots, but we're idiots. We're, too, yeah. we're, we're smart idiots. All the time, but. <laughs> uh, yeah. I think that's 
basically we basically kind of covered all the bulls. So there's obviously a ton of guys out there. Like I said, go read my Forbes thing, my Forbes article. Got a bunch of names I just listed. Uh, a lot of guys we talked about here. Uh, I guess before we wrap up, let's just take a few minutes for just the league as a whole. There's a report coming uh, across right now saying that the Rockets are going to push hard for our guy Jimmy Butler for in a sign and trade. Uh, what do you? I feel like that'd be uh, absolutely fucking hilarious if Jimmy Butler goes to the Rockets to play with James Harden and Chris Paul. Like, obviously, the talent level there is is great, but the I feel like the the drama level and uh, just the possibilities of a huge blow up slash collapse there would be amazing. How would you feel about Jimmy Butler on the Houston Rockets? Okay, first of all, the Bulls traded Jimmy Butler two years ago because they didn't want to pay him this contract. Look how many suitors he's going to have. Teams that are a lot smarter then the Bulls are willing to give him, you know, a four or five year contract to be, you know, to cover the end of his career. So uh, I think the Bulls played themselves by trading him because if you put Jimmy Butler on the Bulls right now, that would be like the best possible signing. I think that, you know, putting him as the de facto point guard around Levine, Porter, Markinen, and Carter, like that would be ideal. If there's anything the Bulls could do to open up cap space, uh, for Jimmy Butler, and I don't even think trading Felicio would do it because his annual salary will be more than twenty-eight million, I believe. Right? So, uh, it, yeah, Jimmy's will be, I think, over. I think it's over thirty million to start. Yeah, so they maybe like thirty-two, thirty-three million. But it's like you traded him because you didn't want to pay him this deal. But all these smarter teams are still willing to make this trade. They're still willing to sign him to this contract. So uh, it just gets me frustrated that Jimmy Butler's not on the Bulls all over again. He would be really a perfect fit with the current core. Uh, just to give him like a shot creator uh, who could, you know, basically initiate the offense and still provide defensive value. So uh, I think that Jimmy with the Rockets would be dope. I think that CP3 sucks and is annoying (laughs) and he has to be a Laker. Like you got to get him out of here, put him on the Lakers, bring in Jimmy. Jimmy and Harden would be funny too, because I think, you know, as Kevin Farragut once wrote on Bloggable, Jimmy should be playing let, Harden. So yeah, I let think, Jimmy be Harden. Yeah, that, that would be an interesting mix. But I, I'd want Jimmy on his own team. And I think Jimmy wants his own team. Uh, it's too bad he couldn't have one here in Chicago because if there was just some way to open up a little bit of cap, en- enough cap space for him, he would be so perfect with this young core. Yeah, obviously we know that's not going to happen, even if he just recently ran, ran into Jim Boylan at a Chicago restaurant like a month or so ago. Uh, I guess real quick, what do you think the top guys, do you think Kawhi's staying? Man, I have no idea what's going to happen there. I'm saying, no, it like changes every day. Like we have reports like every day that oh he's going to get take a meeting with the Knicks. Oh maybe go. He's thinking about the Lakers. Chris Sheridan tweeted. If, I don't know if Chris Sheridan has any real sources anymore. He said the Mavericks might get a meeting. That's probably like Mark Cuban like making a joke to him and him take, taking it seriously. Like I hope he stays. I, I know. Uh, I think it was Chris Haynes said that he's seriously considering resigning. I hope he stays for at least another year or two. Uh, I know that him going in the Clippers would be dope too. The Clippers are a fun team, but him staying with the Rockets, at least in them running it back, I think would be. I kind of, I kind, I'm kind of leaning towards him actually doing that now. I don't know. Like I said, we don't know jack shit about this. Nobody seems to know, but I, could, I don't. Know, I hope he stays. We're talking about Kawhi. Yeah, I, I don't know. Yeah, like he's almost more of a legend if he leaves because he went to Canada he, oh, yeah. one year, won his title. Like, what's he going to do next year? They won't win, and then his accomplishment doesn't look as cool. Like I would, it would go be to LA. It would be an incredible flex, and like if he does it, absolutely. Like I can't imagine Raptors fans will be upset. I, you'll get the some dopes that will be mad, but like how could you? I mean, he comes one year, he wins his title, your first ever franchise title, and he leaves. Like whatever, doing what he wants to do. He came here, did his job, gave you a title. 
and he's out. That'd be an awesome flex if he did do it. I just kind of hope he won't, he stays. And just it'd be cool for the Raptors and their fans because they they were having a great time at that at that parade. It was a fun time, and it was like the longest parade I've ever fucking watched. It just like six seven hours. It was insane, but they were having a great time. Shout out to Marcus Old pounding bought full bottles of wine. That was pretty funny. Uh, I guess the other couple big names, KD and Kyrie. A lot of rumors about them possibly joining up on the Nets. Do you do you have any qualms about paying KD a full max still, even with the Achilles thing? Actually, I'm passionate about that. I think that every team should be offering KD the full max, even though you're yeah. not going to get any value out of him the first year of the contract. It's so rare to have the ability to sign a player like Kevin Durant. He should age well even after the injury because of his so shooting ability and his size. So, yeah, like Nets, Knicks, all these teams, Warriors, offer Kevin Durant the full max. He'll think more of you for it. I don't even know why we're talking about him like opting in and playing on a one-year deal. This is Kevin fucking Durant. He should get the five, four or five year supermax regardless. Yeah. Uh, and then Kyrie. Kyrie, just absolute, I don't want to say nut job. It's just a, it's a weird, all around weird guy. Great basketball player. Uh, he's obviously awesome, but it seems like he kind of ruined the Celtics chemistry this year and just kind of weird. Like, do you like the, the Nets like prioritizing him over? Basically, they'll probably let Russell go. Like, do you, I mean, Kyrie is so good at basketball. It's, it's just hard to like, differentiate and i guess if they get Kyrie and katie like in a couple years that's pretty dope although like both those guys kind of weird uh it'd be an interesting mix it is the nets like have built this whatever they built their culture with these t- like team first hardworking guys I, I guess i don't know if you would consider delo that but whatever they they all bought into the system bought into this culture under kenny atkinson and sean marks and now they're going to like add Kyrie irving to that after what happened in boston like do you think that's the right move that there because it seems like that's going to happen unless He's been trolling us this entire time, which I wouldn't put it past him, but it seems like he's going to Brooklyn. Yeah, no doubt. I think that Brooklyn should do it. Why not? Like, I'll I'll take Kyrie. That's an upgrade over D'Lo. I think they're sort of similar players, but uh, Kyrie's just way better. So I, I would do that. I wouldn't really have too much trepidation with Kyrie, even though he is weird, man. If you've been following him on Instagram, he's been off season. He's been posting every day. I know. Trip to China or Japan or wherever. Japan. Uh has been really funny to watch. So Kyrie is an interesting guy, but I think yeah, you can sign Kyrie Irving. You sign Kyrie Irving, no doubt. Yep, that's fair enough. Uh, I guess that's about it. We touched on the top guys. So yeah, again, free agency opens Sunday evening. Uh, I think it's six Eastern time, something like that. Uh, always a fun time. I'm I'm glad that uh, they've moved it up to a normal time. Although I know it's always kind of entertaining, just like staying up overnight just to watch like the first signings come in. Not the best for the sleeping habits, or and tough when you're. That's like your job to be following this stuff and staying pulling like basically all nighters with crazy freaking stuff happening. So I'm kind of glad that it's starting earlier in the or earlier in the evening now. But yeah, again, Sunday, for agency again. As we've talked about, kind of this whole pod, don't expect huge stuff from the Bulls. Maybe they'll surprise us with something. I'm not expecting anything huge. He said, I don't think they're actually going to sign Brogdon. I, at this point, I would almost be surprised if they signed Beverly. Expect. Smaller veteran veteran guys for the end of the roster, as Ricky said, probably shorter term deals. I would probably expect that as well, but it'll be it'll be interesting. We'll see. Oh, this is always a really fun time of the year. Uh, so and as, and as always, shout out to Blue Wire Pods. Go, please check out all our podcasts across the network. We got so many great NBA pods. We keep adding by the day. We got pods for other sports as well, uh, and also go check out our our store that we have. Where Cash Considerations is selling selling T shirts now. We got. Uh, other other shirt designs out there as well. So please go check that out. If I can pull up the actual website to shout out the guys who actually who actually make that stuff, that'd be 
helpful but I yeah, buy our Kobe White right t-shirt now. we got a dope Kobe White t-shirt and yeah. who knows once the Bulls actually listen to this podcast and they bring back Taj Gibson maybe we'll make a Taj Gibson t-shirt as well sign Taj Gibson <laughs> Jason that's the one thing I want out of this offseason give me Taj Gibson or give me nothing I feel like that would just I feel like it would just be make the fans just it'd be at least seriously they, they've made so many like whatever like Chicago moves like bringing back Jabari and signing Dwayne Wade like I don't think and Josh Gibson would actually be a fun, uh, fun like just bringing back guy with some Chicago ties. I would be totally down for that. Bring back Taj Gibson, damn it! Uh, so that's basically it then. Uh, so again, free agency starting this week. It'll be a lot of fun. We'll be back next week sometime to talk about it. We'll see if the Bulls have made any moves by then. But from today, that's been Jason and Ricky. It's Cash Considerations Chicago Bulls podcast. Take it easy, guys.